You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I talk with new Washington corner William Jackson III. We go over everything from playing man-to-man versus zone, to how he got out of Houston's fifth ward, to why he loves riding horses, and how he's ready to make a name for himself on a bigger stage. You can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up later this week on some of the non-sexy positions, focusing on the offensive line, that they could fill in the first round. Also, I'm running a bonus podcast each week leading up to the draft about players' draft day memories. Quick listens, 10 minutes. This week, I spoke to Brian Mitchell about his. There's only so much speculation you can take leading up to the draft, so it's fun to talk to guys about something else. Before I play my conversation with William Jackson III, here are a few things to know. And speaking of speculation, I know there are now rumors about them trading up in the draft, and I don't know if that will happen or not. I'm not going to BS you on that. I do know there's a quarterback in the first round they like. I do know that they'd have to trade up to get him. And I do know there is one guy that I think would tempt them to do so. What I don't know is how high they'd be willing to go to get him. And I'll get to all this. I'm going to get to all this. I'm not sure 100% who it is, but I do know they sent Martin Mayhew and Scott Turner to trade Lance's pro day. And if there is a chance of them trading to number four, that means they clearly would be doing so for one guy and there would be only two quarterbacks left in that top 15 spot. So you'd have to pick between Lance and Justin Fields. As far as who it would be, I think it, I think in that scenario, I think it would be Lance. Now, I'm not going to BS you and tell you I know for sure what's going to happen. I don't. I don't think anybody does. I do know they were clear about not mortgaging their future and wanting the ability to surround a quarterback with better talent and a more complete roster to give them a better chance, especially a young guy. Big trade into the top five would necessitate a hefty price. That's the part that, yes, I think that would surprise me. I've been surprised before. And perhaps that's just maybe in my conservative nature, but I'm also following the tone of the conversations I've had throughout the offseason. To move up nine spots to number three, San Francisco traded two future ones and a future three. Going from 19 to four would require more, of course. And to me, it would make more sense for them to do something like this in 2022 after another good draft to bolster the offense. And part of part of my thinking there is one thing they could do, and I know this was I know this is on the table for them because I, I know this that they could always trade back out of 19, pick up some future capital, get another pick this year, and then put yourself in position next year to really be more aggressive with extra picks. That is a scenario as well. So there's all sorts of things around the table here. So, you know, just understand that. Now, let's go one more step here. And let's follow, let's, let's say if they did do something like that, if all they did was give up future picks, 
then they could still use the rest of this draft to help the offense. They still have three picks in the, they would still have picks in the round two and two in round three. I know they view the tackle class as does everyone else as a deep one. And they believe they can find a potential starter into round three at left tackle. One thing, I'm going to get to more of this in a minute, but one thing to keep in mind here too, is there's a guy like Alejandro Villanueva out there, veteran left tackle, quality starter. He's still available. He is a guy that Washington would look at after the draft. So if they didn't get a guy in free in, in the draft, he is an option for them after the draft. I know the desire would be to find a good young left tackle um, and they could have a left tackle next to Sadiq Charles at left guard. That to me is what they would like. That would be the ideal for them. They need a linebacker, but they don't view that as being as deep as tackle. But finding one of the first few, few rounds is doable. And I think there are some guys after that point that could do what they want, um, and especially playing behind that line that they have. Go back and look at a lot of the free agent linebackers who, who get those big deals. They're not usually first-round picks. So, you know, the, they're, they're guys who are lower-round picks who play behind a good front and who develop because of that. So keep that in mind. They still need another tight end, and they do think there are intriguing guys after the first round or two. So they could still fill that one, again, without if it's only future picks. Someone who can certainly develop at least. And another key, if they did make a trade, they don't have to play the quarterback right away, thanks to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So if it is Trey Lance, when he's ready to play, this offense, if they kept most of their picks this year, should be in a much better spot in 2022 when he is ready to play. Now, that's in an ideal world, but that's I'm just trying to follow dots here to see how could they how would they kind of look at it um, in their own minds. And of course, if they can't if they can't just swap picks and then use future draft choices, that means they are taken away from this class and therefore the ability to surround whichever quarterback with better talent. As of now, they've added Curtis Samuel and, and added Humphreys, so that should help the receiving core if Humphreys is healthy. But the latter is on a one-year prove-it deal and could be gone after the season. So right then it would be for the future, it's just Curtis Samuel. So you really haven't done enough to bolster this offense. Um, you know, again, there's still some other things to do, but that, that's if, if that's the desire to surround a quarterback with that, there's still more work to be done. So it would seem to go against what their desire is. But if all you, if, if all, if, if the, if the cost was future picks, it still gives them a chance this year to add more young talent. And I know they feel they have to kill this draft. That's exactly what I've been told. They don't tell you exactly what would need to happen to be satisfied with the description of killing it. And there's also no way anyone's going to, they're not going to tell me or anyone else that, yeah, we're going to trade up to number four. Um, all, I texted someone over there about all the rumors and the only response back was fun times. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, if they stay at 19 and a guy like Christian Dersaw is there, I do know they believe he is a left tackle in this league. And I say that because I'm not sure everyone is convinced of that. Some view him as a right tackle, perhaps. And one thing that's been difficult for some agents this year is figuring out who is truly interested in their client. So that's one thing that when you're trying to piece all this together, that sometimes can be difficult as well. That's where you get a lot of info. Um, for example, in the past, they'd have more conversations with teams, lining up visits, going on visits. The, um, you'd have more communication with teams about their clients. Teams would send in scouts or coaches to have lunch with their guys, for example, or just to meet with them 
at, at you know, um, either before the pro day after or, or around that time, you can start to gauge who is truly interested. Now, now it's all Zoom, so agents aren't sure exactly who is most interested in their guys. In the top 10, I think you have a stronger idea, but for players outside there, you can't. As one agent said, says, what does a second Zoom session mean? Because there's nothing to compare it to in the past. Um, but anyways, going back to speculation, I don't know what's going to happen, and I've already told you that. Um, but I do know that in this draft, I think with them, you look at all scenarios and then you try to understand how that fits into their desire to not mortgage the future, how it would work. Um, and, and, you know, if they, you know, can you still improve this offense because this offense, still the team, but the offense particular, if you're going to surround a young quarterback, if you're going to have a young quarterback, you've got to surround that quarterback with more talent than they currently have. And the, among the positions that I know they still want to fill, would be tight end, left tackle, and even a running back. They want another running back um, just to bolster the depth there um, and somebody who could help come in and, and, and help them. So that's what we got. And look, think about it too. J.D. McKissick and Logan Thomas were on one year, were on two-year deals. So their deals are up next year. So you definitely have to add, you know, be mindful of future because what if Logan Thomas is a big year and blows up and they can't sign him? What if J.D. McKissick goes elsewhere next year then what are you surrounding that quarterback with you need to get more talent on that offense okay that's enough from me after this break i'll be back with william jackson the third enjoyed my chat with him i think you will too hey william and i have something in common you'll find out what it is hey this is joel Corey from inside the cap I know you're enjoying the John Conn Report, which gives you insider access to the Washington football team, everything you want you want to know which is going on with the Washington football team. Once you're done with that, check out my podcast, Inside the Cap, which gives you the ins and outs of the NFL salary cap and player contract negotiations. Check out these two products and other fine podcasts from Empire Media. Welcome back. Now here's William Jackson III. What are you looking forward to most playing here? I'm just looking for the opportunity to be the number one defense, man. I'm, I'm excited. We got a, a lot of great players, a great talent on the team. I'm just here to make the team better. So I'm looking to be that number one defense in the league. When you have a defensive front that you're coming to now, what difference does it make for you as a corner? Oh, it, it make it real easy. You know, I, I know the quarterback don't have much time to, uh, to hold the ball and I can definitely try to make more plays on the ball because I know that ball is coming out quick. How much of that was it a factor in when you were looking at a team, especially when you're deciding on a team, how much was that a factor here? Because, I mean, I'm you didn't have that in Cincinnati. Yeah, every, every corner won a, won a D-line, man. Everything worked together on all phases. And, you know, it's you see 11 guys on the field, and it all worked together. And as long as I got those dogs up front, they can make it more easy on the back end to give you more opportunity to make plays. Did you walk? Did you go back and watch any of those games just to see how they did? Did you do any? It sounds I had heard you're kind of a big study guy. Did you go back and watch any of their games to see how that front was, or did you just know about them? Oh, uh, for sure. I, I we uh, actually played them, this year. and I just, right. I just watched them get after the quarterback like on every play. So that was exciting just to watch and and just to have those guys on the board and and wanted me, and it was a blessing for them to even want me. You know, it was. It was a no-brainer. For you, it's been a it's been a couple of weeks now. Did you? How much did you need a change of scenery? I needed it. I I definitely needed it. Um, I just wanted to start over fresh. Uh, I just wanted to get back to a, a clean slate, 
and just go out and really show um, the Washington football team what I can do and what I bring to the table. And I, because I've seen that you said it was kind of a blessing to get out of Cincinnati. Why is that? Uh, it it kind of came off wrong, you know, but it it was just uh it was just my time to get away, man. It was my time. My time was up in Cincinnati, and it was just time. And what, 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 like, what tells a player that? Can you see little signs that, like, maybe they're moving on? Like, they signed Trey Waynes last year. Do you know, like, maybe my plan is, maybe my future isn't here? Did you feel a difference from them that you just said, "Hey, it is time to go"? Uh, I didn't, I didn't feel a difference, but for me and my mental and and where the p- type of player that I am, it, I felt like it was a time for me to go. And and Washington came on with it and, and showed me they very interested in me. And it was a blessing just to get there from those guys. And I just knew it was my time to get out of there. What are you looking forward to showing people about your game? I'm just looking forward to showing them that, you know, I can come over here and compete with the best of them. You know, I didn't have much primetime games. So, you know, guys didn't really watch us much. So they know they have no idea about me. They're just looking at stats and, I feel stats can mislead you in the wrong direction. Right, especially for but, a corner. Oh, for sure. You know, they, 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 the guys with 10 and 15 picks, they think they just balling. But what about the players in between that, you know? Right. So it is what it is. You know, I just got to go out there and play my game. Well, some of the plays I want to ask you about that you just say, hey, you may not be getting the pick. But there are a couple of times I've seen you you're, when you're in press man coverage, for example. You had a play against Terry McLaurin where he's trying to run a slant. And you're knocking it away because you're positioning and all that. It's just one of those little plays where it's like, okay, it's not a, it's you don't get these big stats for it, but it's a pass defense that seems to be a strength of yours. Why do you feel you were so good in press man? I just feel like I'm long. I'm, I'm a guy that can run. I don't feel like nobody in the league would outrun me. So you know, I can I can sit there at the line and really be patient and put my okay. hands on guys. And that's what make it easy and press for me. And it's funny you say that because, like, what I—that—that's the thing I noticed about you. You're not opening your hips early. You're being very patient. That comes from your ability, knowing that you. And, and I saw you recover. So does that—that's where that patience comes is from, knowing you can recover, is, or is there something else that goes into that? Oh yeah, as a corner, you, you got to uh, rely on your on your strength a little, a little more than you want to. And I feel like that was the the speed that I got, and I just add the I just add the technique with the speed. It'll be a crazy thing, and we have good, great coaches in Washington. I mean, I'm excited. I know they're going to get the best out of me, and I'm just ready to give them my all. You, I heard you're a big study guy too. So, what are the things that you like to pick up on from receivers that have helped you over the years? I uh, like alignments help me a lot. Uh, if they play with their gloves, like any little tendency, they they put their other leg back. Any little thing, I would know because I'm a big study guy. I want to know everything that you got to do. Sometimes I even go back to three years from now. Really? And just just to see, like, where in a game where they feel like they worked on, and I try to apply that to the game when we play them. And how how often are you picking up when you're in a game and that film study, you know, how much do you see that helping you, and how has that changed your game? Oh, it definitely changed it. Like, it, it changed it in a, in a crazy way because I was never taught to how to really study film. Hmm. I had to take it upon myself to really know what I'm looking at, you know, right. like really know what I'm trying to find. So once I found out exactly what I wanted to know and wh- how I wanted to look at it, it made the game way slower for me. And how, how did you learn how to study? Because like you said, not, not a lot of people come to the league thinking, well, I've watched film, and then you learn how to watch film. 
who really helped you with that or did you just kind of figure that out on your own man i had um darius slay one of my guys mm. uh that i talked to a lot i talked to um uh what's my guy name i talked to uh gilmore a lot mm. I, I just talked to guys that been in the game and has been successful and i just, i'm not one of them guys that's not scared to reach out to someone and be like hey what you seen on this or what you was thinking on this like i'm one of them guys that want to know all the information so i reach out to those guys and we'll brainstorm and i try to apply it on sunday the other thing i noticed too when you're in your press man and i and i saw this a couple of times it's almost like in basketball how you fight through a pick, right? You get those stack alignments, and you're they they can't get you inside. I rarely saw you get beat inside in that. Why? You know, you know what I'm talking about, like in the stacks and yeah. some of your, you know. So why 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 in those? Because that's a hard thing for a corner, but you they never. It seemed like they could rarely pick you on that play. Uh, uh the the coaches in Cincinnati were very smart. You know, they put me in a great position. Uh, we have this thing they call levels. You know, right. zero, one, three. So the guy on the ball, he, he can't move at all. And the guy outside, he sit at three yards, and the guy inside sit at five. So it, it cleans it up a lot for you. It does, but you still have to be able to do it. You know, like I did. I mean, when I watch you, sometimes like you would have been a heck of a defensive player in basketball too. Was that another sport? Right. Did you play it? Did you play basketball? No, I never played basketball. Really? I was a track and football guy, man. That was my thing, and. You would have killed guys on the. You would have killed guys on the ball as an on the ball defender. I, I appreciate that. Man. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, but it was so. But when you go from because you have the reputation as press man, obviously you had to play zone in Cincinnati. You're going to oh, play sure. it here. What is it? You know, because now everybody's like, "Well, are you going to play a lot more press man here?" And you know, or how's he going to adjust to zone? What's your take on that? And how do you feel as a zone corner? You have done. So a lot of people got to understand we rarely played man in Cincinnati. It was mostly zone. But, you know, a lot of people right. doesn't watch that. Like, they wasn't watching actually where we running. And uh, zone is just all about eyes, you know. Right. Your eyes will get you in trouble in zone. But as long as your eyes are right, you're reading your keys in zone, you'll be fine. Yeah. And trusting – and you have to trust that guys around you too. If oh, you're sure. playing inside – you're playing – you're. Sure. Inside technique, you got to make sure the guy's behind you doing that too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Then that's where the trust come in, and that's when OTAs and right. all that good stuff come in where y'all all can be on the same page and know what everyone's doing. Did you like playing one receiver kind of transferring sides, or did you just say, I'll do what you asked me to do? Or do you like that assignment, like I'm going to lock down this guy right side, left side, wherever? Man, that assignment fun for me, man, because it, it shows me that my teammates and coaches really believe in me to lock this dude down. And knowing that they they number one receiver and they feel like I'm their number one corner, give me a, a, all the confidence in the world to go out there and give it my all and study to the top of my ability because I know I got this guy no matter where he goes. So I got to see where he lined up at, what's his tendencies, anything that I can find to – Take my game to the next level, I would do it. So it's it giving me a great motivation. What'd you think of facing Terry McLaurin? What'd you think of his game? Oh man, he was a, a quick guy, you know, he was a track guy, so he was fast. And I just had to be on the top of my game. Like I had to be on my piece. He had a great battle. I got the utmost respect for him and I was happy he on my team. What is it? What were some little things that he did that maybe that were different or from other receivers? Uh, he, he didn't play off the ball. Like he wanted to, he wasn't one of those guys that played off the line. 
if he he going in, he going right now. If he going fade, he going right now. So I know I had to be on my horse. I couldn't be as patient as I wanted to, you know. Mm. Well, the, so, and there, yeah. he had he got one deep ball on you, but you were right there. Like that, that was imagine it's like, hey, good defense, pretty good route, good throw. What can you do? But do you remember that play? Like, but oh know, yeah, it's, it's, I remember that play like it was yesterday. I was mad at myself on that one. Why? Because I could have just I could have just punched through the ball. Okay. And I don't know why I didn't. I can't tell you, but I was I was very upset about that play because that could have been the play that could have been eliminated. But it was yeah. a great catch by him, man. It, it was, but you guys had a nice little battle going there too. And um, have you looked at the schedule this year to see some of the receivers that you might be facing? Oh yeah, man, we got a, a great schedule actually. I think we played, you know, of course the Cowboys in the division, so right. we played them twice. Uh, I think we play uh, Seattle. So you got some uh, guys. Oh, uh, we yeah, it's gonna be real fun. Cause you got it's DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Julio. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, some, yeah it's gonna be a, a good year to to go out there and compete. This is a chance for you to really make a bigger name too, guarding some of those guys, right? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they're some great receivers. Do you because you some guys can't they cover a specific they cover like the big guys or the small guys and all that? Do you? Do you favor like you? Would you rather cover a big guy, small guy? Do you care? I don't care. I I, I honestly don't care. I had them all, man. I had the tall ones, the big ones, the short ones. So it, <laughs> it, it really don't phase me. You just gotta go out there with the confidence and knowing you're gonna win. When going back to your study habits, how much do you do with that? Like, what do you? What's your routine with watching film, studying guys? Man, I, I normally watch it all day. Like it's like. All day, like I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm watching it. I'm okay. He lined up to the left side. Do what he like to do. He lined up on the right. This is what he like to do. If you do this, so I'm just real pay attention to the small details. And when you, and again, you're gonna see Julio Jones again this year. What have you, you've covered him in the past? What's it, what's it like covering him? What, you know, like is he one? Is he the toughest guy you've had to cover? Oh, for sure, man. Julio can do it all, man. He's a great route runner. He's big. He's fast. He, he he have all the tools to be a great receiver like he are, and with him, you just got you just got to be on your p's and q's. You got to do more studying and and waking up early, you know, just to get your stuff in the road because he's one of those explosive type guys. Um, you're from the fifth ward in Houston. How has that mm-hmm. shaped you as a person, as a player? Uh, it just taught me how to be mentally strong. You know, growing up in poverty like that and seeing all the wrong things you thinking is right. Oh, you just had to be mentally strong, and I had a goal in mind that I wasn't going to let no one stop me from reaching that goal, and from the grace of God and the blessings that he gave me, I was able to see through all that stuff and and make it to where I'm at today. How tough was that to do? It was was tougher than you ever imagined, man. It was, you got to understand, it was peer pressure every day Hmm. of my life, you know? Every day of my life, it was peer pressure, it was this, it was that, but... I stayed on the straight and narrow thanks to my parents and grandmother and all those keeping me on the straight and narrow. And I was going to ask you, who helped you stay on that? Because it's hard to do it on your own. Oh, mom, dad, grandma, mostly the immediate family. They they was on me. And then plus, I had horses on top of that. Yeah. They kept me extremely busy. So I think that all those things definitely took an effect. And, you know, and I, I'm going to get to the horses in a second because I like horses, too. So I think it's I think it's really cool. But and I know everybody wants to talk to you about horses. But with that, like what were some of the hardest things you saw that you had to overcome 
from that? And for what life. did you learn from, from the fifth ward? Like what were some of the things you, hardest things you had to overcome and what did you learn because of that? Hardest thing I ever overcome was changing my mentality. Mm. Like I was one of those guys because we used to fight for neighborhoods, right? Mm. And you have to sit back and think that we don't own none of these streets. Yeah. <laughs> like your mom don't own it, your dad don't own it. He could be overseas in China. And he owned that, but you so brainwashed because you came up under this certain law that you fighting over an area that ain't even yours. So once I figured out that, I'm like, this don't even make sense. And I just, after that, man, I I was on the straight and narrow, man. Good. And then your teammates with Xavier and Howard in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did anybody complete a pass on you guys? Of course not, man. We was, man, we was... <laughs> Yeah, we was man. That was a crazy year for us, man. We, man. If that how good were you guys? How good were you guys? No, we was pretty you? good. We were just athletic, man. And we was, it, it was really hard to complete a pass on us. Like it was, it was crazy. I would think so. Like, how much did you guys compete with one another? Like, did you have little, you know, in a game like who's going to give up the fewest amount of catches or something like that? Like, did you guys compete like that? No, we just went out and played, man. Like we was. We was always a great teammate. We always encouraged each other. Even bad or good play, we do it now. Like if I have a, a bad play or something, we talk about it and, and that's why you have another week in the NFL. You know, it restart. It's right. like we start every week. So you know, we just encourage each other. That's all we ever did, that's all we ever do. So with the horses, and I know your grandmother had a farm, right? Well, it and wasn't a farm, but what what was it? Just like it was just we was in the middle of the city. You, you oh, so she had him. Okay, so yeah. It wasn't right. a farm. It, it wasn't was a farm. It was just <laughs> in a a spot they just claimed and said it was theirs with some a little land on it. <laughs> that I grew up going to a, like going out in the country once in a while. We go on a trip or whatever, and you we ride horses. I love riding horses. They're fast. You had to like you still had you had to get control of them. So it was kind of a little bit of a battle. What do you like about horses? Having a horse, riding a horse. Oh man, I just it's it's peaceful. It's my therapy, you know. Mm. And I get on the horse, everything go out the window, and just me and this horse figuring it out together, becoming as one. And I feel like that challenge right there, that's what made me gravitate to him. Cause you know, all horses have their days, just like human do. So it right. just it's just fun to just connect with this horse, and it's just you and the horse. This is just fun to me. You like to go, you like trail rides, you like going fast. What oh, do you like for sure. Do? For sure. I like, you know, the speed is always yeah. my okay. thing. So, yeah, we, me and my, actually, my girlfriend and I, man, we race all the time. Do you? Oh, man. Cause she, she was never into it. I got her into it. And now she's so advanced now. She just run off and leave me sometimes. <laughs> well, when, when we would go riding, I would ride this horse and it was like, it was called Blue Boy. And it, had, it was tan, blue eyes. But it was the fastest horse. So that was always the one I wanted to get on. Cause when you hit those, you hit the field, man, they're taking off. And I wanted to go first. So it's like I, I always appreciate oh, that. Oh, for sure, for sure. That adrenaline, man. It's fun. Yes. It, it is a lot, a lot it's of a people blast. don't know how fun it is. It's it's a blast. And they're big and they're going fast. But I also like I also like battling with it a little bit when you first get on. They want to see who's in control here. Oh, for sure. They try sure. to go back. Yeah. They gonna they gonna try you. Yeah. You just let them know who the, who the boss is and after that you have a great ride. <laughs> How, does that help you with football like in some ways some of that stuff? I think balance. You know mm. you have to sit in the saddle, right? You got to have that yeah. certain type of balance. 
Like, you just can't get on to be all over the place. You got to have that balance. You got to have that sternness about yourself. So I think it, it translates a lot than people would think. And then having the pig, and again, I know you get asked about this all the time, but what do you like about having a pig as a pet? It's different, man. It, it, it is it's different. different. It, it's cool to me. Like, no one was having pigs. You know, it just was cool to me to have a, a pet pig. And I, and I feel like everyone thought it was cool, you know? Like, people were, like, all over the world. Like, man, I think it's so cool that you have a pig. Then one period, famous people started getting pigs. Yeah. Like, at some period. And I was like, well, they're not going to say they got that for me, but I'm going to let them have it, you know? <laughs> So yeah. it was cool, man. It was cool to have. What do they, what do they, as a pet, what do they like? Like, what do you, you know, what, what do they do that you enjoy or like, just like having it for that? Nothing. I just like having a pet. <laughs> just like it. Yeah. But that's not the, that's not the case. Okay. <laughs> you like, you like being different? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm different. You know, I'm, I'm just me. Like I don't try to be Good. no one but me, you know, so. People wouldn't think that I ride horses, of course, but that's what I like to do on a daily basis. And how many do you have now? I have five. Um, what and like? What, do you have one that's like? Do you have the fast one? Do you have like what kind? You know, are they? Do you have a favorite one that you like to ride? Yeah, my favorite one is Phoenix. You know, she's the fastest one. Like Blue okay. Boy, you said. Yeah. She's the fastest <laughs> one, so that's the one that I ride and nobody else ride because you obviously have to be experienced, but Phoenix is the one that I love and would die with. Um, last thing, is there anything else, like you, you like the pig, you like having horses. Is there anything else you want to get that you like, hey, you know, it might be different, but it's me. Is there something else you want to do, get, anything like that? No, man, that's that's it. I'm just a simple type of guy. I'm not, There you go. you know, I'm, I'm not those guys. I'm just simple, man. Whatever I like, I like, and that's what I do. And, you know, William, I appreciate you joining me. A lot of fun to talk to, and I look forward to watching you play. I mean, it was fun to go back. As a, For me, it's like it's fun to go back and watch a guy to see what he's about on the field because we only saw you one game this year, and so it's fun to go back and see that and to see what you're going to do here. So you look like you're pretty excited to be coming to a new place. Oh, yeah, definitely excited. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. That's it for this episode. Thanks to William for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with another episode Sunday night slash Monday morning with a more in-depth conversation about a few guys who will definitely tempt Washington in the draft, Christian Derrissaw and Kyle Trask, among others, from people who know their games well. Talk to you next time.